Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, podcast 154. Got to play in the first pre-order beta weekend for Wildstar, and have quite a lot to say about that. I don't have anything else I can think of to talk about this time, so that's probably going to be it. I am recording somewhere different. The park I normally record at was totally full for some reason, so if there's any weird background noise, that would be why. Hopefully everything will be okay though, and you will enjoy the show. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free, you can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black, tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. So just for some general overview, Wildstar is a more traditional MMORPG. It is out for PC, and that's all it's planned for right now as far as I know. It has a regular box price, which is $50 to $60, depending on where you're getting it. And there's a special sort of deluxe edition, I think they're calling it which is a little bit more at about 75, I think it was. There's no collector's edition, which seems kind of odd. And so far, the only versions I've seen are digital. There's no physical retail box, which seems a little bit odd as well. It's also going to have a monthly subscription, which it requires you sign up for when you create your account. And I think that was 20 bucks a month. But they also have this in-game money called cred, which you can use to pay for your subscription. So in theory, people who play more could sell stuff, you know, they find in dungeons or stuff they craft on the auction house and get cred for that, and then they could pay for their monthly subscription fee from that. Won't know how viable a model that is until, you know, I get in and get a look at it, which may not happen until after release. I don't know if there's actually even an auction house up on the beta right now. The beta weekends are happening every other weekend, so I will get quite a bit more time to check it out before launch. It should be noted that the overall cap for any character in beta who was not previously in beta is level 17, and I only got to level 14 during this weekend. So in a couple weeks, well, uh, a week after this podcast gets posted, I'll be in the next weekend and I might get up to 17, which would allow me to check out the first dungeon. So pretty much everything I have experience for is for a class called Stalker, And that is the level 1 through 14 content. So I pretty much only saw the starting area and then sort of the first main zone that you start in. And that's all I've seen so far. There will be more that I get to see when I go back in. Because I unlocked a couple new areas and such. So I'll talk about them later. So this is sort of a, a very early preview. I would guess I've spent maybe two hours per level. Some of it is... Just me messing around and looking around and not, you know, trying to maximize my leveling speed. But it does seem sort of on par or maybe a little bit slower than other MMOs. So I don't think we'll hear about anybody hitting max in like a month. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. In terms of overall design and feel of the game, in terms of how the quests go and how much time it takes you to do stuff, it is probably very on par with the early World of Warcraft stuff. So if you are familiar with World of Warcraft during what they call vanilla time, 
or that first expansion, Burning Crusade, Wildstar would be a very familiar experience in terms of you know, gameplay and quest flow and how things feel in terms of progression. However, they do have some new school elements mixed in. Some of their design choices might be a bad idea or a questionable idea to some, and so I will you know, discuss those as much as I can. Character design is probably one of those areas in that it's a bit more limited than I think people are expecting. Right now, there are only four races in the game with five classes. And there's two factions, but, they, you know, they're pretty much mirrors of each other. And they're going with the old school design of, you know, only certain races can play certain classes. So there is that class race restriction. So it seems, you know, a little bit more limited if you add that on as well. Basically, each class can do DPS and it has a secondary role, and the secondary role will vary depending on the class. As I said, I played Stalker, and the secondary role for Stalker is Tank, and there's other classes that can tank, and there's other classes that can do healing. So depending on what you want to do, you know, you can pick a class, and there's probably going to be a match for you. There are also four paths, which are pretty specific to Wildstar. What this is, is sort of like a secondary optional set of quests you can do, And I played, I think it was Explorer, and they just kind of popped up and I was given them automatically. And they'll vary depending on what the path is. But as example, with Explorer, you'll get things like you need to climb up this big hill, you know, trying to find your way across branches or cliff rocks, depending on, you know, what the landscape is. And you get to the top and you plant a little communicator and they can scan the area. Or sometimes there will be like a little set of clues you follow to find a certain thing. And so each of these paths have different options. Like if you took Soldier, you'd get a lot of kill quests and defend sort of this point kind of quests. So depending on what sort of additional stuff you want to do, you can pick a path that will match it and you'll get more quests of that type. Character customization in terms of how you look, you know, your various hairstyles and your character look in terms of their face and their ears and all that stuff seems also kind of limited. I would guess there are maybe a dozen choices for face or hair or ears. So there's not a whole lot of options. You do have the option to tweak all these crazy sliders if you want on your face. There are no options for body type or body size. But I don't know. Personally, I always think this is kind of a moot point because on my screen... You know, somebody's head is going to be shrunk down to about three quarters of an inch. I'm not going to see any of those details. I'm barely going to notice if they have a different face from me. Because usually, you know, they're going to be zipping around so fast I'm not even going to see. So in my opinion, you know, it's plenty of customization. But some people might disagree and say there should be a lot more. I'm still of the opinion, unless the game zooms in, you know, during conversations or something and you see the person's face, you know, and they're half your screen, you know, it's really not going to matter because the details are going to be so small you're going to miss them. In my time in the beta, quests seemed sort of a typical hub-style fashion where there'll be maybe, you know, half a dozen quest people sort of all gathered together. However, you don't ever have to take quests. It's not a single quest line and everybody has to take it. There's lots of quests here and there, and you're totally free at any time to go you know, off the path, as it were, and go wherever you want, and do whatever quest you want, and skip whatever quest you want. Completely optional to you. 
As example, I was just kind of exploring around on Saturday. I had finished up some quests, and I decided, oh, I'm going to look around because this looks kind of interesting. And I found sort of this area that was inhabited, I guess you could say, by Amazons. And they had this really pretty waterfall area that kind of jumped up, and there were some rocks you could jump around on and get to higher areas. So I kind of explored that area for a bit. And then on Sunday, you know, many play hours later, I had come to a point in a quest line which actually sent me to that area and had a few quests specifically in it. So you're completely free to, you know, follow quest lines or not. As another example, I think at one point I was around level 9 and I was looking around various areas. And all of a sudden, somebody spotted me, and I get killed in like two seconds flat, and I'm like, whoa, what happened? And I noticed this was an area with level 13 and 14 critters. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be leaving really fast now. So you can very easily go, you know, wherever you want, and, you know, go places you aren't supposed to. Or, you know, places you are supposed to, if you just want to skip an area, that's totally optional. Even though it is a quest hub system and there are the typical delivery or kill so many critters quests, they are typically varied enough that nothing really seems out of your way or overly tedious. If it is a kill quest, it's often a pretty low number. And if you have, you know, between three and five quests queued up at any given time, you're probably going to be doing multiple things in one area. So it never really feels monotonous because you'll be killing some things and picking up some other things, and going to a specific place. And so it all feels like, you know, you may as well do this stuff because you're already there. And as I said, you don't have to follow all the quests. I was probably skipping 10 to 15% of the quests, and I was getting plenty of experience. The area that I left probably should have been left by the time I was around 10 or 11, but I left at level 14. So there was plenty of quests I did more than enough to get, you know, the experience to get through that level. I had plenty of extra to do, and I had a whole bunch of path quests I hadn't even done. So there are tons of quests you can pick from. You could very easily skip certain ones that you didn't seem like they seemed interesting, or skip entire areas if you didn't like the looks of that area. As you level up, different things will unlock, and it just started raining, so you might hear that on the recording. You'll unlock abilities, which are super old school and that you have to pay to learn them, which I never really understood the point of that. But as your abilities unlock, you can go train them up at a trainer. And then you'll get slots that open up on your hotkey bar. You can only have eight at a time by the time you get to a certain level. When you start, you'll only have a few, but you can put different abilities in that you like and switch them out. And as part of the game design that You might actually want different abilities for different areas. You'll also get points, and I don't know the name, but they allow you to rank up these abilities and powers that you get. By the time I left at level 14, I had like three powers that were at rank 2 and four other ones which were at the base level. This sort of gives you a way to tweak your character, and you can you know, build them up to a total of eight ranks per power. But I think there's only enough points you know, by the time you get all your points, that you could do that for a couple of powers. Typically, when I've messed around with a character builder, I'll put, like, four of them at rank four, and then the other ones at base. So not only do you have a lot of different choices as to which powers you want to pick, you can level them up to different points. 
So that should make you very different from other characters. And you can do this anytime you aren't in combat. So it is quite flexible in terms of how you want to build. And the third thing you'll get are called amps, which is probably the most similar to an old school talent system. These permanently boost your character, and as far as I know, they can't be changed without respecting them at a vendor. But these will do things like give you X amount of percent better damage or X amount of percent better shields. And they also are sort of in a, a three-tier fashion. So as you spend more points in one specific area, you'll get access to higher abilities in that sort of tree. And those higher level ones can do some pretty interesting stuff. Like one was, if I drop below 35% health, it would give me some massive heal boost. Or there's another one in, I think it's the assault tree. If you do a critical hit to somebody, I think it was like at 50% or less health, it'll do like 30% more damage, things like that. So they can get really powerful and really interesting the deeper you go into that tree. Crafting, as I think I mentioned on the previous podcast, seems really interesting. You'll get schematics which have different kinds of stats in certain spots. And you can tweak, you know, which way you want to boost them. And sometimes you can pick which one you get. So some have fixed slots which are, you know, specifically one type of stat. Sometimes it'll be totally random. But this multiple stat system really allows you to sort of fine-tune your gear as you craft it. And so that, I think, seems the most interesting to me in terms of crafting. And I think I might become quite addicted to it because it really lets you build and fine-tune items that you want, you know, specifically to whatever style you're going for in terms of playing or in terms of a specific spec or, you know, gear for that spec. In terms of resource gathering, resource nodes do not appear to be shared. So it does look like that old school resource where, you know, a a node will spawn and then one person will run over and, you know, take it and other people can't get it. So that could be very problematic in sort of more shared areas, which, you know, could be like in a dungeon or something. Out when I was just running out and about, it didn't seem like a really big issue because there wasn't a whole lot of people around me most of the time. I think that might be due to the fact that, you know, it was a beta weekend and there wasn't a high population I did see in a video that once you get your housing plot set up, you can put resource nodes on that. So that might help alleviate some of that issue. I'm sure I'll have more details on that later. I had just unlocked my housing at the end of last beta weekend. So I'll probably be checking that out next time I get a chance. Graphics are solid, but they're sort of 70s and 80s cartoon sci-fi style. So think about things like Transformers or Thundercats or Thundar the Barbarian or Space Ghost or maybe even real-world shows like Buck Rogers or Star Trek. It'll kind of have a lot of influence and style similar to that. So if that's not your thing, the graphics will probably not interest you and might even put you off from playing. So do be mindful of that. I happen to like the graphics quite a bit. Everything feels like a very alien world. So it's very different from, you know, the real world and other MMOs. And I really like how it stands out in that way. The music, from what I've heard, is really good. I've only heard the Exile side, and again, only up to level 14. 
It ranges from sort of orchestral style, I guess, to a light rock style. And there's even bits or pieces here and there which have different styles. Like I was in an irradiated area that had some mutated spiders and that sounded like very Halloweenish kind of sounding music. And my favorite music was in the area with sort of those Amazon people I mentioned earlier. Sort of has a light folkish sound, I guess you could say. But there's also some sort of chanting type stuff going on. It's very cool. I wish I could get a sample of it, but I can't find it anywhere. But I like the music. Seems pretty good. The weekend was super fun, and I had a great time exploring all the things and doing all the quests. And I'm sad that I can't play now and have to wait until next test. The class I played is called Stalker, and it does seem like it is a perfect mix for me of stealth and tanking as that's sort of a a natural style that I tend to play when I'm playing solo. I'm probably about 60% offensive abilities, and then 20% tanking abilities, and then 20% sort of what they're calling utility. So I'm kind of split into DPS and a little bit of tanking, but I might, you know, change that split depending on, you know, which abilities open up when and what kind of areas I'm in. I think, though, the game would be a very different experience for me if I couldn't stealth through a lot of stuff. The sort of primary basic ability that the Stalker gets, everybody gets a a basic ability that does a fancy thing. But the Stalker can turn invisible. And pretty much, unless you get within about five feet of most things, they won't see you. So you can pretty much sneak around wherever you want. If it's a dangerous area, you just, you know, cloak and then walk wherever you want to and... Pretty much people won't see you. There have been a very small number of creatures which have detected me at a much greater range. Like there's these monkey things that can see about three times further than other people. I have no idea why. They just pretty much automatically spot you. It's like they almost even see through the stealth. But I I would think it would be a very different game if I couldn't just stealth through a lot of the areas. On both Saturday and Sunday... I did help, you know, save some people that were in trouble because they had too many monsters on them. Or, you know, they couldn't get past a certain choke point because there were too many bad guys in the way. You know, I could just sneak up and walk right through them. But to them, you know, it's a totally different game because they have to fight everything everywhere they go. So I think that would be a very different experience if I weren't Stalker. Speaking of that, the game is designed in the old school way of needing the Trinity, as it were, of groups having a tank, a healer, and DPS classes to support them. Again, though, I didn't get to the first dungeon level. You pretty much have to max out on the beta to get access to that. So I'm sure I'll I'll talk about that in a few weeks when I get a chance to do that. But the game was sort of slowly introducing you to the concept of being in a group and being with other people. Even as early as, I think it was about level 6, I saw my first quest that was, you know, recommending 2 plus people. And I saw a few others that were, you know, three plus people. So even though, you know, there isn't dungeon content that low, they are introducing you to the ideas of here's this boss creature that can't be soloed. Here's a quest that says, you know, get this many people together to beat him. And so you can do that together in groups. Obviously, you know, you can just wait for somebody else to show up and, you know, join them in fighting because it is a shared area. But it does kind of slowly introduce you to the idea of being in a group, which I like. It allows, you know, newer players to become familiar with it at a slower pace and, you know, learn their role and figure things out as they go. 
One issue I do have with that is that those sort of mini-bosses aren't really flagged all that well. I mean, there is a note that says, you know, in their description, if you mouse over them, that they're elite or I think it's superior. But their sort of portrait thing is really, really tough to distinguish from a regular portrait. Unlike, you know, WoW, where it's completely different and very obvious this monster is a boss monster. You know, this one is really kind of hard to tell. We are playing on an older UI, or, you know, did play. And I hear we will get the new UI next test. So that's possibly something that changes in the future. But it would be nice to know, you know, this is obviously a boss creature just by clicking on him. Instead of having to, you know, click and then look over at the description and read, you know, the blah blah about it. Because there were a few times where I tried to fight something and it just totally destroyed me. And I'm like, why did that thing just totally kill me? I'm like three levels higher than it. And I go back and I look again and it's like, oh, this is like an elite creature. That's why it destroyed me. I shouldn't be fighting it solo. So, you know, it was kind of tough to distinguish that. As I said, I didn't get very far. And I will know a little bit more in the few weeks when I can get Max on the character and do the first dungeon. But so far, I am super happy and had a lot of fun with it. Will it keep me interested more than six months? Because that seems to be about the mark I get kind of tired and sad about being lonely all the time with MMOs. I don't know. I guess we'll see in time. And it's always tough, you know, for me to predict something like that early on. Because I never know, you know, how things will work out for me, you know, being a solo player. One thing I really do like that I don't know too many details about is that there is level scaling. I've heard you can join a friend in a dungeon and you'll scale down to their level. I think there's a way you can join them, you know, just in a regular group and also scale down just in the general world and, you know, quest with them and still be, you know, down at their level. So this is a really huge deal for playing with your friends or guildies because then it gives you the option to play that content that you've sort of out-leveled, and yet, you know, come back to it and be the appropriate level and do it again. And you don't lose anything because whatever rewards you do get from it will be at your level and not, you know, the level of the dungeon. So it's not like you're going to be missing out, you know, on any cool loot by spending time with your friend who's maybe, you know, half your level or whatever. You get loot appropriate for your level. So it's all a good time. Based on what I saw and how much fun I had, I'm sad it's not released because I would love to still be playing. Again, based on just what I saw so far, I would recommend if you are into MMOs that you pick it up. And I'd probably rate it at 4 out of 5 stars or maybe 85% based on that sort of old school character class limitations. There could be, you know, more flexibility. There are, you know, some old school elements in the monthly sub. So that kind of holds back my rating a little bit as well. But I would say, from what I've seen so far, it shows a lot of promise. News this time, Wildstar pre-orders are available. Beta weekends are every other week until it launches on June 3rd, with early entry for people who pre-order on May 31st. 
Diablo 3's expansion, Reaper of Souls, is now out. Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea expansion, Episode 2, is now out. And Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is out on April 4th. And that's it for the news. And that's really all I have this time. No prize treasure. Nothing else I can think of to say. And as I mentioned quite a while ago, it has been raining. The sun's out right now, so it should be quiet. But I will probably close this out because I want to beat the rain while it's quiet. I guess things are okay in my life. I had a lot of fun with Wildstar. But the connection at the coffee shop is still really, really terrible. So pretty much all I can play is when I'm at work, at the Monday, Thursday, sometimes Sunday work. Pretty much other times I, I can't really play unless, you know, I did something like go to the pizza place to play from there. So that seems a bit extra sad, since I don't have a lot of offline stuff to play right now. But I guess you could say I am happy enough, and looking forward to more time with Wildstar. And hopefully everybody out there is not sad and having a good time. And hopefully... I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. This isn't happening, Dale. We're not here. It's just a bad dream. Oh, I agree completely. Why, we'll wake up any minute to harbor and have a laugh about all this. Character customization quests in my time experiencing the. If it is, you know, a quote. In terms of, in terms, because then it gives you the option to, you know, replay that content. You. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons 
attribution share alike license.